fun. All right, I bet Riley and I here are feeling a little bit like we have a media titan that needs to get in the ground and get landed. Things are feeling chaotic. Let's try to waste as little time as possible and get right into it. That is difficult with me and my just on-brand lengthy intros, but let's get into it. I'm so stoked to be joined by Hoop Fiends host, Riley. Thanks for hopping on to Talk Succession tonight, man. Of course, I can't wait to get into it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I think uh, I think we picked a fun one to go over. I th- I call it perfect timing. I call it uh, just an absolute you know happenstance. I'm stoked that this of all episodes is the one we're covering. You know, the New York Times are doing write ups on it, and so are the Hoop Fiends. Yeah, exactly. The, the only two pieces of media journalism you need. That's I, I will say, I I I don't know, John. I am a little bit skeptical of the fact <laughs> that you wanted to start this right before. Probably one of the biggest episodes of TV in the past, like, five years. That Something tells me serendipity doesn't always just work out that way. But You know, um, if, only was that, if only it was that easy. And you know what? So we, we did, if, if everyone at home can believe it, we do talk off mic. We were, we were chatting, you know, just as friends, not, you know, employees before we hopped on. And you had the same theory. And I, I did withhold a bit of information. There is one man I blame for this. And, you know, he's not a reporter. Something online. I blame future guest of sealing the deal a succession of farewell pod kevin lease i blame him for this we were leaving our uh, our upstate oh. adventure i'm about to get in my car it's like dog the succession's coming back i'm like you got that's i can't wait till my favorite shows he knows this i know this and uh i think he mentioned something he's like he's like connor's wedding apparently is like he uh poked me off to the fact that it had like a 20 minute uh sequence in it that was like one take and they performed all at once. And I was like, that's really interesting. And I can't wait to watch it. I'm going to get in my car and go home. I'm so hungover. But I had another one of our friends drive, which was very safe for everyone else. But I mean, that is has to be one of the highlights of the episode, right? That long take that I, I know we'll get into. But Kevdog, he had the tip. He had the scoops. So I'll have to find who his source is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. Maybe he's friends with Adam McKay. He could be. I know. I need to get the scoop on all like the Will Ferrell and John C. Riley beef through Kevin, and maybe maybe he played a part of it. If you talk to each other because they're like getting some ball, some ball time in with Kev. But here we are to recap an absolute pivotal. I'm gonna call it historic episode of television. Is that too hyperbolic? I think it's probably fair at this point. That's One fair. of the biggest shows. Only time could tell. It feels historic to me. I bet it. I hope it does to you too. I'm sure it does, but. We're really going to go over um, just everything that made this episode feel so special to me and talk about what we liked, if there's anything that we kind of have question on, but I was just kind of riding with all of it. The only things I have questions on are just where we're going to go from here, but just to make things even more confusing, this is episode two of Sealing the Deal, a succession of farewell pod. You know, Steven's calling it the Screen Fiends Network, a little branch off from Hoop Fiends, Sports Fiends. It's just getting complicated. I feel like you need a recap to keep up with what we're doing, but it's all fun stuff. So this is episode two of this pod, but this is covering episode three of season four of Succession. We're doing a lot of numbers. This is why we're covering a business-based podcast. I'm really stoked to be joined by you because I know that you're you're a big fan of the show. So I feel like before we kind of launch into it, I'd love to hear about kind of your relationship with the series, what it was like, you know, coming into this season and just kind of how you've liked it and consumed it so far. 
I would probably put Succession on my HBO Mount Rushmore, I would say, as like a holistic show. It's probably Succession, Sopranos, uh, Curb, and then probably Thrones, because I still have not seen The Wire. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I just can't get enough of, of uh, of this show. And Something about it, and what I've always thought has been very interesting about it, is just going back a little bit more. Is it's been the only show that I thought really started to um, build off its roots and get better and better in each progressing season and really each progressing episode. I thought the first yeah. season was pretty good, um, and it really it had some like tonal inconsistencies. Didn't really start to get going until Tom and Shiv's wedding, and then. It was absolutely on from there. Season right. two was phenomenal, won all the awards. And I thought season three was one of the best seasons of television ever. So, um, I mean, I, I was could not have been more stoked for this season. And, I, I mean, I'm probably – you probably agree with me is that, like, I actually got way more excited for it once I heard it was the last season. I was like, let's yeah. go. Like, I hate when they yeah. put the shows on. Yeah, I feel like – And, like, yeah. Like, one of the only things that you and I and, like, other friends of ours in our in our beautiful network of people that we know and love would maybe complain about our beautiful the, fiends the beautiful fiends that we hold true <laughs> my dearly beloved fiends we are gathered here today um the only thing that i've uh, heard criticism from from these people and you know I, here i go sounding like the president donald trump again many people are saying many people were saying though that the show just wouldn't deliver on promises at times because i feel like a lot of times they would set up things like this is final in season three. It's finally like Kendall is at full power going into season three. He, del- he rips up the papers on live television and he is going at his dad. And that kind of happens, but just by the way that season plays out, he doesn't really get going and that doesn't take off. And then other times it's like, okay, now the siblings are finally going to, you know, band together. And it looks like it for now for who long, for how long, who knows, but it's been amazing and not to, you know, hit the hammer on the nail too hard and just be the corny guy that I am, but like, doesn't it now finally feel like this is succession. He is spoiler alert. I can't believe you're listening. If you haven't listened to this, turn it off mom, but Logan Roy is dead and now we need a successor. So like, I feel like now it's just getting started, but what's going to put this huge tension under it. Like you said, with it being exciting that it's in the final season is that, Yes, Succession is finally starting, but there's six episodes left, and I love that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I I cannot be more excited to just see how everything ends up this way because I mean it makes sense though, right? Like you kind of needed Logan to go at some point. I feel like his health and his deterioration of health was something right. that was very, very vocalized and made important in the first season for sure. And then some of the second season mm-hmm. um, and then was kind of pushed to the wayside within season uh, three. So almost to the point where you forgot that he was a man in his eighties who was definitely right. going to be going soon. And I mean, I can't say I didn't expect him to die, but I did not think it was no. going to be this soon and in such a sudden way, but that's life, man. That's life, and I can't wait to get into that part of it later. Um, just kind of gonna bookmark that. I think you put that. I think you put that so well, and I think I did not expect the show to do that so well. But God, did they do that in a really accurate and creepy way? 
when you get bad news about a loved one not doing well. I, I don't know if I expected the show to do that that way because it's, it's incredibly dramatic and really funny, but I wasn't really laughing too hard during that 20-minute sequence. So really excited to get back to that. Before we kind of talk about just how much is in this episode, what have your have you been just loving the first two episodes of the season so far or anything to gripe with? Or are you kind of just riding and rocking with it all so far for season um. four? I've I've been liking the episodes. I thought for the most part it kind of felt like going through the motions and that they're mm-hmm. waiting for the build up. It it they really they they kind of did feel like setup episodes. I liked the second one a bit. I thought it was fun. I I just love any time where you can get like four plus characters in one room and they're right. just all talking over each other. That's that's when the show's at its best for me. Um and when they they finally got, started to do a couple of that once they got Connor and they were all in the bar and the karaoke club and everything. Awesome. But um, for the most part, I thought it was just mostly going through the motions. Um, I, I'm very interested to see how this goes from the past couple episodes. I thought I've been thinking that like they've been, and I don't even know if we want to talk about this now, just to hope no, it doesn't waste sure. too much time, but I feel like they've been editing in like Cousin Greg in that like weird times, almost like where it's like, Oh, the fans love Cousin Greg, and like, yeah. let's try to make him he's, like a bigger part of this of this season. <laughs> he's poochy. I have to go home to my planet now. Yeah, yeah. very much. Yeah, like he, he just gets like scenes that don't actually provide any overall value to the plot, and I don't. I don't really feel like he was always like that. It's, no, it's been a little bit weird, but I felt um, that way in particular. Other than that, I've been really too. When he was like had to yeah. sit down with Carrie, I'm like, I don't think. I just don't know if that would happen that way. I feel like if so, I'm trying to break down how that happened and why that happened. So Tom pulls Logan aside. He's like, "Yeah, so I just feel like she needs more time to really develop his all." And Logan's like, "Right on," because I thought it was really cool that before Logan died, I feel like Logan actually gave Tom like nothing but respect this season. That was really cool. And he's like, "Yeah, do what you yeah. want with her." And then he just gives that job to Greg. I think that was purely for some Nicholas Braun screen time. Yeah, I've been seeing that as well. But um, so I can't say I was I was a little bit um, unenthusiastic. Maybe the wrong word, just because I love the show so much. But my expectations were a little bit down. But yeah. right back up, right everything's humming along very well right now. Yeah, right back up there. So kind of heading right into this episode, like you said too, with, with this major pivotal point, it's going to take the show into a completely new direction. So. Maybe before we talk about that major death of, you know, the patriarch of the family, let's talk about what was going on before Tom called with awful news. What were you kind of starting to feel the vibe from from Roman and his and him in the end of episode two and into into three because he was kind of starting to raise the knife at the backs of his siblings, and then his dad kind of conveniently died and they wouldn't find out. Yeah. Yeah, I I thought that was actually the the number one most interesting piece to be talking about in this entire episode was Roman and how he slowly is starting to feel more and more alone. Yeah, I think you're right that the big reveal at the end of episode two was the fact that he was right on the cusp of turning on um, his siblings. And then in this one, he had to cut his friend, lover, I don't even know what the whole thing is. He had to cut Jerry basically out of Waystar at his dad's 
um, at his dad's command. So yeah, that was clearly done just as like a test from, right. from Logan and everything. Um, and but you could definitely tell that by the end of the episode that Roman really knew that like everything was kind of collapsing around him, which was uh, definitely one of the most heartbreaking parts of the whole thing. But really? yeah, I, I thought that whole sequence was really cool. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, his his last words to his father potentially being, "Are you just being?" I'll I'll, I'll just rip it because it's so hard not to swear when you're talking about succession, right? But I thought one of the last things he maybe said to his dad is, "Are you just being a cunt?" Like that's crazy. And he had to kind of, I think he wasn't fully decided decisive yet if he was going to fully jump back to his dad. I think he's in this position that a lot of younger siblings get put into, and they just hammer the sibling dynamic so well, particularly in this episode. I think, like, a lot of siblings, no matter where you fall in your sibling lineage, he just wants everything lately to be kind of perfect. I think he's trying to, like, be like, I know our dad is kind of a piece of shit and has, like, time and time again stabbed us in the back, particularly at the end of season three. But you can kind of tell that Roman just wants everything to be okay. Like, he's the only one who texted him happy birthday so i think he may have been working towards making things okay with his with logan and then maybe inviting them along i think he just is not as much of a crass and cruel person as he was at the start of the show and to see that kind of arc from kieran culkin is amazing i think he gets a lot of credit for being a great comedic actor but i think the dramatic work he's doing is really great i think he actually is like a changed character at this point so yeah i think roman and jerry have their evolution of that relationship has been awesome to see and i think I had to kind of bring that full circle at the end of the episode is cool we'll definitely be able to touch upon that but the moment that changed everything for the show and what i think i'll never forget watching live is when tom Wamsgans calls with awful news what was your mind first thinking about did you have any thoughts besides it just being the awful news that it was. Did you have any other theories as he first called? So it, it's interesting because, right, when you see when Shiv uh, picks up her phone, you see it twice that Tom's calling her and she ignores it both times. And then you just think it's, oh, what, wow. just like, you just think it's probably something like dealing with the deal or just like something. It's like, who even cares? Their divorce. Like, yeah. Like literally, who cares? And then honestly, what I, what I thought is when, when they say, when he calls and says like your dad had like an accident in the bathroom and he's like not breathing i mean my first thought and i will say cars on the table this is my thought for probably like 10 to 15 solid minutes was that like this was like a play or a con yeah. or something that logan was doing um and i think they th they definitely think that too and they don't really really buy it for a little while it takes a lot of time to build up here but right. I, yeah, my, my first big thing was that, I, oh, I just thought it was like a scam of some kind. I don't know to what yeah. end, but 
I don't well, know. I think that's a really fair thought. I kind of, I definitely was right with there with you too because he walked out of the the K Town karaoke night, which is an awesome touch. Last episode, just being so like upset, like viscerally upset, as if he felt really hurt from his kids for the first time. I think maybe he was trying to like ruin Connor's wedding day, knowing they were all there. I think that was a really valid thought to have. I definitely had the same thing, but it felt so panicky and real as like Matthew McFadden just killed it as his like calm delivery and like he's still being so respectful to you Shiv and like and the Roy siblings through all the season he's like I think he was joked like kind of silly at first with Greg but with the disgusting brothers but he's been a real professional and like he handled this so kindly and like it was really really amazing to see so he was just as he was delivering like the nope like they're doing chest compressions and it just felt more and more real kind of what we were talking about at the start of the episode I couldn't believe how authentic that felt to watch. It was really unnerving me, and it actually made me feel pretty emotional to watch. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was um, – I mean, it, it definitely gripping in a different way. But, like, it, it's interesting because, like, very early on, I want to say, probably, like, three minutes into the whole thing, like, you kind of expect, oh, like, he's gone. Like, like Tom even pretty much says that at that point. Yeah. Um, But – the kids are still in denial, so almost you're still in denial with it too, especially because we've already seen him like overcome so much right. that like everyone's still a little bit in denial. Um, and the kids being it obviously the most really makes you think about it like, oh, there's no way he can be dead not this early. But yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, especially Roman too. Once um once things feel even more firmed up about his status and they're like thinking about bringing the plan back and now thinking logistically. When they're down in that like deck room with uh, with Jerry at this point too, I think, and and Hugo, who is so funny when they just keep telling Hugo to fuck off and like do things for them all episode. It reminded me of Nick from Winners at War. They're like, just get out of here. Yeah, literally. But um, Roman's like, no, no, well maybe like let's let's uh, let's land the plane and not have it hover because if we need to get doctors to him and and Shiv just kind of I I thought they might be yelling at each other more into getting into fights, but Shiv just kind of like understood that he's not accepting this. I. I have a feeling this might be the last time for a while the siblings do get along this well. But I was impressed that they they wrote the dynamics so well. So much of the little camera movements spoke so much. You would see Kendall's hand go for Shiv. Like the, t- the tenderness and tender moments were captured really well. And I we keep talking about this uh, this one shot that Kevin Lee's found before <laughs> before uh, the season um, took place. But I, I think it cut several times. But did you watch the after the episode on HBO Max? Yeah, I watched some of it when when Jeremy Strong was talking about how dramaturgically how much everything made sense to him. <laughs> it, that whenever they do the after the episodes and it's like the creators, other actors, it's like all on the same page. And then whenever uh, Armstrong comes in, or no, I'm sorry, not Armstrong, Jeremy Strong, it just seems like he's doing a different show. <laughs> and like, but that's because he's Kendall. But yeah, he drops yeah. things like that. It's so out of left field. But I loved hearing about um how Kieran Culkin kind of suggested that they do it in one long take and they do cut it up. I think there's like at least almost like 10 or a dozen cuts, but they ran it in one and just shot it from so many different angles, different cameras, all on film, different lighting setups. And that might not show on the screen, but with its, um, you know, with its camera work, but I think their performances got so much out of that doing it just one whole way each time, like theater, it was so much talking over each other, like the show does so well and never has done well after that. So I feel like there is before Logan dies and after Logan dies and 
nothing will ever be the same in that. So just to kind of move the conversation towards the end of the episode, anything super pivotal and stand out from after he's like confirmed dead and things are wrapping up to you that you think is going to be really big for the rest of the season? Um, I think the, the biggest thing uh, to me, I, and I, you definitely brought it up, but um, one of the, the things is like they have in the air, like the executive suite team trying to put together a response to it and all the kids still, they can't afford to, to not be the center of attention with it. And they feel like they have to craft their own response in order to keep staying relevant yeah. within the company. It, it is crazy that even 15 minutes after one of the worst things that could happen to a person happens to them, it's right back into the business zone for them. Yep. I mean, even, um, even Kendall says himself, he's like, he's, his mind is already racing towards, uh, this is going to be remembered in memoirs, congressional hearings. This is, it's just so not present in the moment, already thinking about, he, I think he mentions even, let's keep our options open here. And the guy's not even on the ground yet. Uh, Riley, I know you're a huge fan of like this um, side character sounds kind of um, demeaning, but of like the corporate crew of like Frank, Carl, and Jerry, I know you love them. Give me one of your favorite lines from the people that were in the sky because they were just just as funny and just as incredible with their performances as everyone on the boat. Who, who did you? Who uh, I, to you? Well, honestly, I, th- I think my MVP was definitely um, probably Frank in this one, and I think the funniest thing he that he did was when um, when Kendall was like, "Can you tell the the pilots to just." you know, fly a little bit faster. And he's like, <laughs> and I, like in the nicest way possible, he's like, I, I'm not going to tell him that. No, no. Yeah, I think he asked him for like another piece of advice. He's like, Kendall, they can't. They're flying a plane. I think he even like hits the side of the door too because he's so frustrated. That guy's yeah, awesome. And they're, they're always been funny because like Kendall and Frank were like the only people who could stand each other uh, when like – Kendall was still working that way. Starting Frank right. got fired in season one, so it's nice to two of them still have a relationship. Yeah, I feel like to put that um, that relationship almost on a cap or a put a bow in it. I'm not sure if they'll do more with that, but if that's all that we get for Frank and Kendall for the rest of the series, I'm really happy with that. They um they integrate the corporate crew really well, and then yeah, so the plane it does land. They get them down, and it's serious, and they have to start doing some logistical things. They speak to the press. And they all go their separate ways. I, I thought it was very interesting to see how they go their separate ways. You have Roman going to see the see the body, being the only one to see the body. That is a really messy, gray, complicated thing that like that felt really authentic and real. And just like again, a part of why this like I didn't expect to like well up with Logan Roy dying, but that was really real. It's like, uh, do you want to do that? Do you don't? He does. Kendall just kind of stares off in the abyss. And I think the wheels are kind of spinning about like his relationship with his dad. And he even told him like when they were putting the phone to his ear, he's like, I can't forgive you. But I think Kendall's thinking about business and Shiv goes back with Tom. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Who knows how long that'll last. Maybe that is just like a shoulder cry on kind of thing, but yeah, I thought that was very interesting as well. I really liked that part. Really interesting as well. I'm excited to see, just where everything goes from here, it's a uh, it's hard to even look forward to um one specific thing because I think this just cracks it all open like we've been saying all episode. If there's um one big 
thing that you have to look forward to in terms of relationships. What uh, what pairing of relationships are you most excited to see develop into the next uh, batch of episodes? I would like to see who um, Tom is going to be able to get on his side for any of this because they you briefly saw it in the recap, but it is true that like the only person who really was giving him or cared about him at this point who had any kind of authority was Logan. And him, him and Shiv are still going through their divorce. And I don't know how, what his, uh, if he's long for this uh, world now at this point, who knows? Yes, I'm, I'm right there with you. I feel like uh, right now, I'm not going to lie, Tom has been my MVP of the season. I'd love to see Matthew McFadden grow over the course of the year, if you, uh, of course of the show. I'm sorry. I feel like his arc has been incredible. That episode in season three, when they were at like the Republican convention and he meets up with like an unhinged Kendall who tries to pull him to his side. Tom isn't about it. And then he like takes the picture of Tom and Tom's like, you're fucking out of it, man. And he like walks back and it's like that tracking shot of him. Like Matthew McFadden does not get enough credit, even though I feel like he is the fan favorite, but I will sing his praises all live long day. Me too. Love that guy. It's the best. Best so, ending for season three, too. That was the best. I'll, on that, I, I, I want that clip saved on my phone forever. Anytime someone wrongs me, of just time being like, Shiv, honey, you all right? <laughs> Love that. Fun. Love that. Yeah. So, all right. Maybe some a fun tradition is set up for, you know, everybody else to come on the pod and just to always ring true as a tradition. Do you have a line of the episode? Um, I like, uh, do it and do it right. <laughs> oh, I, That's, I, I, uh, I, that was Kendall, Kendall shouting at, I think Jess to get the doctors on the phone. Yeah. Another great, just, I feel like Jess and Carolina have been like the steady, uh, wish star Royco employees. There's been other people to come and go, but they've always kind of been there. And Carolina too, maybe like there's some, like an actual Carolina uh, MVP of the episode narrative because she just kind of really kicked it into gear. She was like, let's get moving. Who cares about Carrie? Move on from her. Carrie was absolutely terrifying. That like shit eating green uh, grin she threw on there. I'll see you in my nightmares. That's a great line. I loved that. That was another great line too. Yeah. The f- you catch a foul ball. She just caught a foul ball in a Yankee game. I love that. His just like mouthing, what the fuck is really good um my i don't know like i'm trying to think of a single line of the episode i think i might have to go like to kendall again just with everything he's saying in the chaos of when he's screaming about getting a doctor for logan he's like and you get dr judith that lazy bastard (laughs) who is is dr dr judith but i'm all about it dr judith watching like hey yeah (laughs) he does the leonardo dicaprio sit up and see him it's the eh, Hindle Roy. <laughs> Let's get some Hindle Roy in here. Oh, jeez. Josh, if you're editing, we love you, baby. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we're going to have a great time breaking down this whole season ahead. Everyone, plug into the Hoop Fiends network. Plug into Screen Fiends. Who knows? Maybe we can get some other shows up and running. Um, Hoop Fiends, as two of the Hoop Fiends on the pod right now, about to get real busy with the playoffs. Uh, for the, it's kind of a rarity that both Riley and I and Steven have our teams kind of actual stake in the game. 
I I would feel like I win the finals if the Knicks just win a playoff series. You have a bit more uh, riding and your rooting interests, but I can't wait for all that. So continue to check out all of our pods on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Follow at Hoop Fiends on Twitter, on Instagram. Steven and the rest of the social team, Josh Hendel, are always putting out great content for you to keep up with, keep track of all of our favorite shows. Riley, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy we could kick this thing off together. Same here. It's going to be a blast. Everyone, have a great night. Keep tuning in.